Stupendous new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. Absolutely amazing new marketing campaign. We're raising money through a GoFundMe campaign to train law enforcement in unarmed, non-lethal techniques. So there will be less of change of excess force used when detaining and or arresting the individual. The reason why this money is needed is that many police departments have either been defunded or have had their budgets cut. When that happens, the first thing to go is training. An amazing, amazing new place to go. Check out the website, nonlethalforcetraining.com. The mission is to help law enforcement and personnel dramatically reduce or eliminate the use of excessive lethal force by providing them with the necessary skills, knowledge, and confidence to effectively use unarmed, non-lethal force when possible. While detaining and making arrests, we are more than happy to travel to your location for training. Check them out on LinkedIn. Search N-C-A-T. U-N-A-R, Med Online Lethal Force Training. We instruct law enforcement in unarmed, non-lethal force methods to subdue, detain, and arrest subjects with minimal risk of injury to both law enforcement and detainee, thereby decreasing the chances of excessive force, allegations, and lawsuits. Let's help them fund this project today. At G-O-F-U-N-D-M-E dot C-O-M. Search police training, unarmed, non-lethal force training, and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. Let's give some of your hard-earned money today. Do it right now. Help them out on GoFundMe. A bare wall doesn't qualify as art, but a movie poster does. The place to get a movie poster to decorate your wall is JustMoviePosters.com. JustMoviePosters.com have posters for dramas, romantic comedies, blockbusters, and more. Most items at JustMoviePosters.com are priced between $7 to $15 plus shipping. Go to www.JustMoviePosters.com to find the movie poster of your dreams today. That's W www.justmovieposters.com Incredible new marketing partner today at Transmedia Worldwide. Check out crowdfunder.co.uk Search cybersecurity help support for home and small business. It's an incredible campaign. It's a cybersecurity membership website slash business. The site will contain tons of content of teaching people how to secure themselves online and how the various threats work, all aimed at the home and small business user. You can get more information online at C-R-O-W-D-F-U-N-D-E-R.C-O. Dot UK. Search cybersecurity help support for home small biz and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia worldwide. Give some of your hotter money today. An incredible new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. The future of work has changed. Entrepreneurs need tools that allow them to communicate from anywhere. That's why Virtual BPX Flex Plans are essential for every business. Virtual PBX, they transform your smartphone and your computer into a full-featured virtual phone system. 
Flex plans include the features like virtual receptionist, telephone numbers, text messaging, custom greetings, and so much more. The best part is right now you can get a professional phone system for as low as $13 a user. Visit virtualpbx.com slash podcast to complain your discount. Visit virtualpbx.com slash podcast to get started for less than $13 a user. Do it right now and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. That's virtualpbx.com slash podcast. Have you lost your job? Have you lost a loved one? Are you exhausted caring for your parents, for your kids? Well, you can find immediate relief when you read Sheila Mack's new number one bestseller, Bootstraps and Bra Straps. It contains the boots formula to move from rock bottom back into action in any situation, especially right now. If life has knocked you down, pick yourself up with Bootstraps and Bra Straps. Get your copy at www. SheilaMack.com today. Is not one size fits all, just like a pair of boots or a bra. So the formula is designed to help you through any situation. Grab a copy of my new best-selling book, Bootstraps and Bra Straps, the formula to go from rock bottom back into action in any situation. It is now available on Audible as well as on Amazon and Kindle and at www.sheilamack.com. Welcome to the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Raw and uncut, Jiggy Jag, you know how you do it. You know what I'm saying? Keeping it all the way live. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had a linguist. no idea. <laughs> I love I didn't that. know you were a third, but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. Call Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Welcome to the next edition of the world famous Cheeky Jaguar Radio broadcast, coast to coast, border to border on iHeartRadio today. AMFM247.com, tune in, iTunes. And of course, you can find us each and every day at JiggyJaguar.com. Why in the world does it always do that? I don't know. So we are going to go live on all of our various stations, networks, video channels, all the various places. James, please hold. So our 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 guest is a little a little overzealous, so we are going to go to our guest, but we are going to uh, go to our first uh, deal here. We are going to bring everybody in, and uh, 
I want to make sure we get everybody in and it sounds good and all the stuff before we even start. So I want to make sure we have everybody. And I'll, here. and I'll tell you, I just, I, I hate the sunshine behind me over my shoulder because it ruins the Skype camera. But I think I've got everybody. Uh, let me see here. Um, Stuart, can you hear us, my friend? Can you hear us, Stuart? No problem. No problem. I know Don's here. I know Don's here then. IQ is here. Uh, John, are you there, my friend? Can you hear me? I'm going to have to be off for a while. No problem. No problem. You call us back when you're ready, Don. You call us back, my friend. I will just hang Don up, and we will get him back a little bit later. Uh, I've got you. I've got you. I've got everybody. So let me uh, let me do this. I want to make sure that we uh, we have everybody, so we can see everybody. And of course, IQ. We will not see IQ because IQ is. <laughs> that's 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 a hell of a deal on Skype. I, I wish I could use that on the on the TV yeah, how side. <laughs> but uh, we have got a great uh, a great guest with us today, and I did an interview on Tuesday with with this gentleman. And during the interview, we talked about a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, uh, my, my significant other would, would, would refer to this as I was marking out, but, uh, (laughs) we have Stuart Sobel with us today. He joins us live here on our big program and he is tremendous. Uh, he has got a book about the murder of Bugsy Siegel and during the interview, I, I knew that I had to get him and John O'Connor together. And at one point during the interview, I even, uh, as I like to say, I was booking from the floor. <laughs> and I mentioned that I needed to get John on. And I said, you know, Stuart, you would be perfect to speak with John O'Connor. And he goes, John O'Connor, I've heard of him. And so I'm like, okay, excellent. Let's get John in here. So today we have... Uh, our, our guest, Stuart Sobel, he has got an incredible book, Queen Bee and the Killing of Bugsy Siegel. It's a tour de force through the history of American organized crime. The story of Bugsy Siegel's killing would be considered hearsay and not allowed as evidence of the court of law. Perhaps there exists a strong case of circumstantial evidence which points to the killer. Stuart Sobel's research and interview have revealed the true identity of the killer. So, Stuart... Talk to me and John and IQ here a little bit about your book. T- t- tell us all about your book here. And I know John being the legal eagle that he is and IQ yeah. being the legal eagle he is, they will have some questions for you. So, Stuart, first of all, how did you come about putting this book together? Take us through the conversation, everything. Well, the whole thing is the most fantastic thing you'd ever heard of. You couldn't make this up. <laughs> I met Robbie Sedway when we were both in the fourth grade back in 1952. We we're both nine years of age, and we became very good friends. And we were in and out of each other's homes, and I knew everybody in his home except for his father. His father had passed away in January of 1952, and I came to California from Jacksonville, Florida in October of 1952. 
So I missed meeting his father, but he died of natural causes. And in his profession, that's a lot to say. <clears throat> his name is Little Mo Sedway. He's the, uh, he was the uh, chief lieutenant to mob boss Meyer Lansky, had been since childhood. There was never any other chief lieutenant for Meyer Lansky but Mo Sedway. He was the quiet one, as opposed to Bugsy Siegel, who was not the quiet one. He, uh, they had opposite personalities, but they were extremely close. There was only a 12-year difference in age, and uh, uh, Mo Sedway looked upon him like a, a younger brother, and uh, he, lo and he looked upon him, Bugsy looked upon him like a favorite uncle. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. That's they were awesome. very close. He was the he was the best man at at the wedding for Mo and B Sedway. He was a godfather to their firstborn. They were as close as any non blood relative could be. Wow. So yeah. so so Stuart, um, this 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 story is incredible. Here, um, how exactly how exactly did all of how did all of this? Yeah. Yes, I've got you. I've got you still, John. Go ahead, jump in there, my friend. Can you hear me? We've we've got you. We've got you, Stuart. We're still. We still hear you, Stuart. Can you hear me? I I've got you, Stuart. We hear you. We see you. You're there. Yeah, I'm here. Yes, yes. We 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 see and hear you, my friend. Can you hear? See me? I, I I can see you and I can hear you. Are are you not? Are you not oh, able good. to hear me? You're in and out. In and okay. Out. Okay. Well, we John, right. John, go 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 ahead and jump in there, my friend. I I I, I know you you you're good. Yeah, I've uh, heard Stuart the whole way, uh, Jiggy. Yeah. Just yeah. 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 Nope. No problem. Go ahead. I'll fix it on my end. I don't want to disrupt anything. John, go. Hello, John. Oh, hey, Stuart. Uh, yeah, listen, uh, tell us a little bit about who killed Bugsy Siegel. I was uh, interviewed a bit by, on, on another book about, uh, you know, the connection of the mob to uh, the Kennedy assassination by my friend Mark Shaw. And, uh -huh. uh, and it's very interesting, the whole mob thing. Um, and I had uh, I'd worked for Mel Belli uh, back Ooh. in the day, and he was close to some of those guys. Uh, he had been real close to Mickey Cohen. But I'm 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 wondering what what do you see as the motive for the killing of Bugsy Siegel? It's not what anybody imagined. Not at all. It wasn't for money. It wasn't because he owed the mob six million dollars. Nothing like that. It was for love. And it was the love that B. Sedway had for her husband. During the building of the Flamingo, uh, Siegel became more um, uncontrollable and started everybody, including Mo Sedway, of, uh, of <laughs> I'm getting in and out. Uh, uh, excuse me one second. Okay. I, he just started suspecting everybody, uh, especially Mo Sedway, because Sedway kept pressing him for numbers. The mob kept after Sedway to get numbers on this building 
that never seemed to stop, and he wouldn't uh, come forth with numbers. Now, Sedway and Siegel and all of the others never dropped out of high school. They dropped out of grammar school. At most, they had a sixth grade education. And if they acted up in class, they probably didn't have that if that was the grade they left on. So nobody knew anything except Sedway had a very high IQ and he was the quiet one. He would listen, he would learn. He found out how to put a deal together financially. And he was the one that Lansky went to whenever he had a deal that Siegel came to whenever he had a deal. And of course, Sedway got a piece of everything that he uh, counseled on. And uh, so I, I thought uh, this was interesting and it is so involved that unless you have a real firm grasp of who the players are and what their role is, it's impossible to follow. I've made it possible to follow because I made a, a consummate study of this, I from B. Sedway, from Robbie Sedway, and B. Sedway is the one who planned this from beginning to end. She never would have been able, able to do this if she did not know Ben Siegel as well as she did. So it's it's hard to to wrap your head around everything in one. But if I were to put this whole story together in one sentence, I would say it's a story of a, a woman who has her best friend killed by her husband to save the life, excuse me, it's a woman who has her best friend killed by her boyfriend to save the life of her husband. And that was it. Uh, Sedway was gonna get killed. Siegel was gonna, was gonna jump him. And it, he made everything ultra big at the Flamingo. He was going to dispose of his body in the industrial size garbage disposal of the Flamingo Hotel. He had already laid out the plans to some of his boys who, in turn, and not knowing of each other's plans, tipped off Sedway. And well, in other words, let me stop you there, Stuart. Yeah. It was Eagle, who was planning on putting Segway into the uh, disposal system, so that he yes. was planning it out. Yes, it was set, and, and Segway got wind of that, and so they have a rule in back in those days that the mob never killed anybody in Las Vegas. They would take them out to the desert, but never in Las Vegas because they didn't want law enforcement, the Las Vegas law enforcement, to come down on them. So no one was ever killed in. Vegas. Siegel was going to go against that, but just make Sedway disappear. You'd never find a body. Uh, these are pretty gruesome people, people who will do things like this. Uh, it sounds pretty flamboyant and maybe even daring, but when you actually stop to think of, of what they do, it is uh, terrifying. There's nothing glamorous about it. So that's, that's it in a, just a small nutshell. The bigger nutshell is to be cracked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, by the way, John, just as an aside, I met with a friend of mine uh, who you may know, 
Well, you mentioned Melvin Belli. Do you know Ed Losey? I've heard of Ed Losey, but I, okay. I have not had the pleasure. Okay, I had dinner with him the other night, so, and we were talking about Melvin Belli, so I just thought I would put that out there. <laughs> yeah, he's got some good stories, and you know, Mel, Mel, uh, Stupendous new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. Absolutely amazing new marketing campaign. We're raising money through a GoFundMe campaign to train law enforcement in unarmed, non-lethal techniques. So there will be less of change of excess force used when detaining and or arresting the individual. The reason why this money is needed is that many police departments have either been defunded or have had their budgets cut. When that happens, the first thing to go is training. An amazing, amazing new place to go. Check out the website, nonlethalforcetraining.com. The mission is to help law enforcement and personnel dramatically reduce or eliminate the use of excessive lethal force by providing them with the necessary skills, knowledge, and confidence to effectively use unarmed, non-lethal force when possible. While detaining and making arrests, we are more than happy to travel to your location for training. Check them out on LinkedIn. Search N-C-A-T-U-N-A-R Med Online Lethal Force Training. We instruct law enforcement in unarmed, non-lethal force methods to subdue, detain, and arrest subjects with minimal risk of injury to both law enforcement and detainee, thereby decreasing the chances of excessive force, allegations, and lawsuits. Let's help them fund this project today at G-O-F-U-N-D-M-E dot C-O-M. Search police training, unarmed, non-lethal force training, and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. Let's give some of your hard-earned money today. Do it right now. Help them out on GoFundMe. A bare wall doesn't qualify as art, but a movie poster does. The place to get a movie poster to decorate your wall is JustMoviePosters.com. JustMoviePosters.com have posters for dramas, romantic comedies, blockbusters, and more. Most items at JustMoviePosters.com are priced between $7 to $15 plus shipping. Go to www.JustMoviePosters.com to find the movie poster of your dreams today. That's W www.justmovieposters.com Incredible new marketing partner today at Transmedia Worldwide. Check out crowdfunder.co.uk Search cybersecurity help support for home and small business. It's an incredible campaign. It's a cybersecurity membership website slash business. The site will contain tons of content of teaching people how to secure themselves online and how the various threats work, all aimed at the home and small business user. You can get more information online at C-R-O-W-D-F-U-N-D-E-R.C-O. Dot UK. Search cybersecurity help support for home small biz and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia worldwide. Give some of your hotter money today. 
An incredible new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. The future of work has changed. Entrepreneurs need tools that allow them to communicate from anywhere. That's why Virtual BPX Flex Plans are essential for every business. Virtual PBX, they transform your smartphone and your computer into a full-featured virtual phone system. Flex Plans include the features like virtual receptionist, telephone numbers, text messaging, custom greetings, and so much more. The best part is right now you can get a professional phone system for as low as $13 a user. Visit virtualpbx.com slash podcast to complete your discount. Visit virtualpbx.com slash podcast to get started for less than $13 a user. Do it right now and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. That's virtualpbx.com slash podcast. Have you lost your job? Have you lost a loved one? Are you exhausted caring for your parents, for your kids? Well, you can find immediate relief when you read Sheila Mack's new number one bestseller, Bootstraps and Bra Straps. It contains the boots formula to move from rock bottom back into action in any situation, especially right now. So if life has knocked you down, pick yourself up with bootstraps and bra straps. Get your copy at www.sheilamack.com today. Is not one size fits all, just like a pair of boots or a bra. So the formula is designed to help you through any situation. Grab a copy of my new best-selling book, Bootstraps and Bra Straps, the formula to go from rock bottom back into action in any situation. It is now available on Audible as well as on Amazon and Kindle and at www.sheilamack.com. I think I can tell this story, but Mel was, you know, really uh knew all the guys in Vegas and I went in there with them before the corporations took over and everybody knew Mel. They took care of us. It was really kind of fun. And I'm just a kid from Indiana. Uh, but around that time we were doing a lot of business with pretty big shots in Vegas over some cases and this and that. And I'll keep this somewhat vague. Uh, who knows who's still alive and who isn't, but uh, one of the partners in my firm, was going to, there were a bunch of depositions and proceedings and meetings in San Francisco. And then a bunch of people were going to go to Vegas after that for various purposes, not necessarily together. So uh, one fellow says, uh, hey, I'm going to get on the, uh, I'm, I'm on that three o'clock flight. Uh, you know, why don't we go out to the airport together? And uh, we're both going to Vegas. And the guys took him aside into another room and said, don't get on that flight what do you mean don't get on the flight why he said don't do you, do you believe me do you trust me I said, yeah yeah I, I trust you sure don't get on that flight take a later one. i said okay okay i got you i got you um i could name the guy you probably would know him the guy who said that to him and uh, so i didn't get on the flight and sure enough the guy he was going to be traveling with another guy from vegas that was his buddy got on that same flight went to the um, 
you know, airport parking lot, got in his car, turned on the engine, and the uh, car exploded. So, wow. you know, um, these things uh, these things happened back in the day. And I remember that guy was still shaking. It was just a little bit before my time. I came in 72, and this had just happened in 71, I think. I see. Uh, but it's pretty pretty scary. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, then the whole issue comes up about, you know, how these guys are connected to the um, Kennedy assassination. But I'm really interested. Doesn't Stuart, isn't uh, Siegel credited as being the founder of Vegas, really, the guy that really had the vision? Well, I hate to burst any icons, but if you know who Billy Wilkerson is. Billy I do not know. Oh, oh you don't. Okay. No. Billy Wilkerson uh, was uh, uh, the founder of the Hollywood Reporter. And okay. he opened these high-end restaurants in West Hollywood. Uh, LaRue, the Trocadero, Ciro's. And okay. they were always high class that he designed. He designed the menu. He designed everything. And he loved to gamble. And he was not a very good gambler, but he was possessed by gambling. So a friend of his told him, he said, you know, you should own the house instead of playing against the house because the house always wins. And and Wilkerson had been going out to uh Las Vegas, when it was just a little one-horse town, they were still building the dam, and uh, Hoover Dam, and uh, it was just completing, just in completion. And he said, uh, and he was playing at some of the card shops there, some of the card houses. They weren't even casinos. And um, he bought some land. He bought 80 acres and decided to build a casino. He used the same crew that he used to build his high-end restaurants to design the Flamingo. And he is the one who called it the Flamingo. He called it the Flamingo because he loved exotic birds. And a friend of his in New York had a uh, high-end nightclub uh, named after an exotic bird. It was called the Stork Club. And that was Sherman Billingsley. And yeah. so he said, I'll call this the, the Casino Club. I mean, the um, Flamingo Club. And that's what he did. Nobody else named it. But I would say that since Siegel was in charge at the end of construction and he kept the name Flamingo, he more or less built it. But no, he came, Siegel came into this deal when it was already in construction. And he knew nothing about building and he wedged his way in. And at the point of a gun, he got Wilkerson out at his at the Hollywood Reporter office on Sunset, which still stands to this day. It's not used for anything, but the building is still there. He, with his own attorney in the office and Wilkerson's attorney in the office, a flamboyant fellow named Greg Boutzer, pulls a gun on Wilkerson and everybody went nuts. The attorney said, put it away. We're going to have to... Uh, do whatever they do, call sanctions or write this up if you don't put it away right now and cool down. So what happened is, um, long story short, Wilkerson goes to Paris, his favorite city, in hiding because he's afraid Siegel's going to kill him. And wow. Siegel owes him money, not uh, as much as he should have gotten, 
for his one third interest because he do, he sold two thirds of an interest while he was still under construction. He sold it to a straw buyer of Meyer Lansky. He wow. did not know he was selling to the mob wow. or okay. the mafia. He okay. didn't know that. And, he, and uh, if he wanted to sell to the mafia, he would have sold to the California uh, West Coast Mafia. Johnny Roselli, Jack Dragna, the West Coast, not the East Coast, the, the people that are, are wedging the way into the West Coast. And so he was kind of stuck. And then he was pushed out of the project altogether. And Siegel's main, main goal was to build a hotel with class. Everything had to have class. The plumbing had to have class. The wiring had to have class. Everything had to have class. And he put this, <laughs> the classiest, after firing Wilkerson's uh, interior decorator, he put the classiest interior decorator you could think of, Virginia Hill. She was the one who decorated the flamingo. And, uh, but that's a whole story unto itself. I go into everything because I, initially I was going to do a book just on the Sedways because they're fascinating enough. And then I thought, I'm going to expand it a little bit. I'm just going to do what the Sedways are involved in, what most Sedways involved in. I come to find out he's involved in everything. He was involved pre-prohibition. Uh, around 1918, 1919, is when I pick it up, when they're all street kids. And uh, Sedway never had a uh, stomach for murder, so he never did any killing. But he knew a lot of killers. He, uh, I, I have a chapter where he and B and uh, Ben and his wife, Esta, and a fellow named Louis Lepka and his wife, Betty. Louis Lepka was head of Murder Incorporated. They went out to a little uh, restaurant in uh, the Bronx one night, and it was shot up. Uh, and they were the only ones in there, the only guests. And it wasn't after them they were coming after. They were coming after uh, uh, the owner because they were extorting money from him. And it was from uh, Dutch Schultz's gang. Dutch Schultz had been dead for a couple of years. But you see, all of these things tie into one another. And I couldn't just tell a, an isolated story because it would leave something else hanging. So I incorporated everything into it. So it all makes sense. And when I got through uh, with a tight, uh, really uh, quick read, 100,000 words, I couldn't stop. I was up at 106,000 and my editor said, you better cut it back. Because I went into the Kennedy assassination, how the mob did that. I went into that. I went into uh, uh, Joe Kennedy in his bootlegging days. But it wasn't part of Sedway, so I kept that away. Sedway, like so many, uh, so many men, he married his a, uh, high school graduate. He was 41, she was 17. And it was not unusual for girls to get married right out of high school in those days because what else were they going to do become a secretary and that's about it there were no attorneys there was nothing no professions so they were secretaries and or they got married and uh, and they rarely went to college well that's interesting uh you know this is uh just a name drop but my father-in-law my late father-in-law bill goldman of doylestown pennsylvania 
Uh-huh. And I think he was uh, Greg Boucher's great buddy in the uh, service in the Navy. They roomed together. They oh, became is that right? friends afterwards. Yeah. And he always told stories about Greg Boucher. Of course, he's such a handsome guy. And yeah. he hung out with all the beautiful babes. And he used to. And so I think that was my father-in-law's connection. He was a great trial lawyer. He wasn't mob connected or anything. But when the mafia had a, a defendant out there, they'd hire uh, Bill. And he was the best lawyer out there. Uh, but he loved to go to Vegas and hang out with Boucher and you know, they'd hear Sinatra, they'd do the whole thing. But, uh, you know, th- that, when you talk about Boucher, that's another great, colorful character. They had these great lawyers, really. The mob knew how to pick lawyers. I mean, Boucher was a guy that was a spectacularly attractive guy and knew everybody. And he was clean. I, he just knew how to handle these things. And, uh, it, it, you know, I, I don't know if you, most of us know about Bugsy Siegel from the movie. Didn't Warren Beatty play him? And, uh, yes. Yeah. So well, that's a, the fictionalized version of it, but uh, somewhat, I can't wait somewhat. to read this book because it ties well, in, Stuart, with so much of American history. Yes. You know, the 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 way Vegas got started, which itself is a model for, you know, different entertainment throughout the world, and and uh, and, and the history and the and the way it weaves into, like you say. Kennedy assassination, Kennedy himself, a lot of people who came up through the mob. It's very much an American story of, of American immigrants uh, making it in a certain way. So I, I, I can't wait to read it. I, I, I think it's fascinating. Thank you. So uh, IQ Al-Rizzoli, listening to John and Stewart here. Do you have any questions for Stewart? I know he, he laid it out really beautiful. This is a fascinating story, but I'll tell you what. The mob has more honor than the politicians of today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's yeah, right. There's absolutely right. no doubt. They had their honor, as you said, uh, not to kill somebody in uh, Las Vegas or not to harm the children and families of each other. They had a code. Our politicians, whether in America or Europe, have absolutely no code, no honor, none. Thank well, you for you a lovely the expose. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I'll tell you about uh, killing one another. And Stupendous new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. Absolutely amazing new marketing campaign. We're raising money through a GoFundMe campaign to train law enforcement in unarmed, non-lethal techniques. So there will be less of change of excess force used when detaining and or arresting the individual. The reason why this money is needed is that many police departments have either been defunded or have had their budgets cut. When that happens, the first thing to go is training. An amazing, amazing new place to go. Check out the website, nonlethalforcetraining.com. The mission is to help law enforcement and personnel dramatically reduce or eliminate the use of excessive lethal force by providing them with the necessary skills, knowledge, and confidence to effectively use unarmed, non-lethal force when possible. While detaining and making arrests, we are more than happy to travel to your location for training. Check them out on LinkedIn. Search N C A T. 
U-N-A-R med online lethal force training. We instruct law enforcement in unarmed, non-lethal force methods to subdue, detain, and arrest subjects with minimal risk of injury to both law enforcement and detainee, thereby decreasing the chances of excessive force, allegations, and lawsuits. Let's help them fund this project today at G-O-F-U-N-D-M-E dot C-O-M. Search police training, unarmed, non-lethal force training, and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. Let's give some of your hard-earned money today. Do it right now. Help them out on GoFundMe. A bare wall doesn't qualify as art, but a movie poster does. The place to get a movie poster to decorate your wall is JustMoviePosters.com. JustMoviePosters.com have posters for dramas, romantic comedies, blockbusters, and more. Most items at JustMoviePosters.com are priced between $7 to $15 plus shipping. Go to www.JustMoviePosters.com to find the movie poster of your dreams today. That's www www.justmovieposters.com Incredible new marketing partner today at Transmedia Worldwide. Check out crowdfunder.co.uk Search cybersecurity help support for home and small business. It's an incredible campaign. It's a cybersecurity membership website slash business. The site will contain tons of content of teaching people how to secure themselves online and how the various threats work, all aimed at the home and small business user. You can get more information online at C-R-O-W-D-F-U-N-D-E-R.C-O. Dot UK. Search cybersecurity help support for home small biz and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia worldwide. Give some of your hotter money today. An incredible new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. The future of work has changed. Entrepreneurs need tools that allow them to communicate from anywhere. That's why Virtual PPX Flex Plans are essential for every business. Virtual PBX, they transform your smartphone and your computer into a full-featured virtual phone system. Flex Plans include the features like virtual receptionist, telephone numbers, text messaging, custom greetings, and so much more. The best part is right now you can get a professional phone system for as low as $13 a user. Visit virtualpbx.com slash podcast to complain your discount. Visit virtualpbx.com slash podcast to get started for less than $13 a user. Do it right now and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. That's virtual pbx.com slash podcast. Have you lost your job? Have you lost a loved one? Are you exhausted caring for your parents, for your kids? Well, you can find immediate relief when you read Sheila Mack's new number one bestseller, Bootstraps and Bra Straps. 
It contains the Boots formula to move from rock bottom back into action in any situation, especially right now. If life has knocked you down, pick yourself up with bootstraps and bra straps. Get your copy at www.sheilamack.com today. Is not one size fits all, just like a pair of boots or a bra. So the formula is designed to help you through any situation. Grab a copy of my new best-selling book, Bootstraps and Bra Straps, the formula to go from rock bottom back into action in any situation. It is now available on Audible as well as on Amazon and Kindle and at www.sheilamack.com. Families, you're right. Families were, were not touched, except there was one gentleman named Pretty Amberg who mistook... Uh, B. Sedway, Moe's bride-to-be, mistook, mistook her for B and kidnapped her. He had a beef wow. with Moe. He kidnapped her. He realized his mistake and put her back. Now, B was only 17, and her mother, Blanche, was 35, and Moe was 41. So it was an honest mistake. It was one that cost Pretty Amberg's life. And uh, what happened was Mo was irate. He did not, he could not fathom that somebody would do that. And especially to his family, he was not a killer, but he knew a lot of killers. So he hired Murder Incorporated. Murder Incorporated, and he hired them not just to kill him, uh, Pretty Amberg, but to torture him, really send a message. So he hired uh, Lefke, who was the president of the organization, a fellow named Kid Twist Rellis, and Bugsy Siegel said, I'm going to throw it in as a wedding gift because it was just before the wedding. He said, this is my wedding gift to you, Mo. I'll take care of it. And they spent uh, about a day and a half with uh, Pretty Amberg, and it was not a pretty sight. They found him under... And a, and a burned out car all wrapped in wire under the Williamsburg Bridge, which just happened to be the birthplace of Bugsy Siegel. He was born in Williamsburg, so he knew the area pretty well. But there are so many stories I can't even begin to tell you. It, it would take days to go through all the stories, but, but they're all fascinating. They're all relevant, which is, I think, important. They all relate to one another. Well, well they do think about it. Uh, Kennedy was probably elected with the help of the mob. Yes. And then, of course, uh, as all say, he, he might have turned on them, at least through his brother, Bobby, who was not exactly kind to the mob. And, uh, you know, might have been, very frankly, overly aggressive. I'm a law and order guy, but Bobby was... <laughs> Bobby did some stuff that he shouldn't have done regarding the mob in terms of wiretapping and, you know, for really for criminal purposes without probable cause. But so the Kennedys were there, you know, here Bobby comes from a family that really started out with mob connections and got their wealth through connections with the underworld. And now he's out there doing this stuff. Very interesting story of America. Again, Kennedys are American immigrants. Uh you know, Irishmen off the boat, and uh, and then they get fancy on us. So it's an interesting chapter, that whole time from 
you know, really the twenties up to the, you know, when bootlegging starts up to the, you know, the, you know, the Kennedy assassination and so forth, just fascinating. Well, it's also the fact that organized crime got it a solid foothold because of the head of the FBI, uh, J. Edgar Hoover. He denied the existence of organized crime. He said there were criminals like Bonnie and Clyde, uh, Machine Gun Kelly, and uh, but he said there's no such thing as organized crime. These are businessmen. But of course, he was being blackmailed. He, he was a homosexual who liked to cross-dress and sometimes partied with some of the uh, people of organized crime. Not the heads, perhaps, but some of the people. They had photos of him. And without having to say a word, he buried any files he had on organized crime. So it got a great foothold for well, many years. That's, that's interesting. I know until they came up with that mob or, you know, the meeting in upstate New York that they busted, that sort of proved everything. Yes. They were, the council was meeting up there. But let me ask you this while I got you, Stuart, because I've sure. heard different things on Hoover. I'm a big Mark Felt guy, and I look at things, and you know, I've read a lot of books on this, and uh, I've heard various things outside of Mark's purview. Mark always claimed that he had always examined Hoover, watched him, talked to other guys, and they concluded he was not at least a practicing homosexual, as you might say. Uh, whether he had those tendencies or not, and that he would meet with Colson for dinner every Wednesday night. But Colson, uh, not Colson, uh, you know, Colson, Colson, yeah, yeah. and and he he would leave early and so forth and so on. And they were just two gentlemen. But I also have heard that you know there might be some compromising photos out there, or knowledge about Hoover. And uh, I just wonder where. Would you say, uh, uh, you know, you talk these pictures, where do you get that from? I'd like to study it. What, what, what would you say on that? Do you think there's good evidence on that, on Hoover? I've never seen any pictures, so I don't know. And everything I've seen, I've never seen any photos on Hoover. But yeah. it was said on the Internet that um, there were pictures. And everything I, I write about, pretty much I found on the Internet except for what I was told by the Sedways, that you won't find anyplace else. But everything else is on the internet. It's a question of putting it together, and it takes a concerted effort and many years to make sense of it and put it together. Yeah, no, I've heard, I just, I'm just trying to think, I heard uh, actually a fairly reputable guy, I mean, uh, somebody, I think he's dead now, the reputable guy, but having a statement, he made a statement while he was alive about Hoover. And I'm just really wondering about that. There was a, uh, one article came out that sort of been proven to be false by a woman who was a formerly wealthy person had a drug habit, was living in a dirty walk up in Times Square and she and a hustler put together a story about Hoover that wasn't true about Hoover, seeing Hoover to party in a dress. And that was sort of debunked, but people often, but the story got published. And uh, I'm pretty convinced that story was false. But on the other hand, I've, I've heard some other things and it just makes me wonder, um, 
the reason I, I care about it and the reason you care about it is it does subject the guy to blackmail. And that's the that's the question. Yeah. That's true. Because yeah. Silver himself mm -hmm. was in many ways quite a, a, a prudish uh, guy who did not also at the same time did not let presidents push him around. He was pretty good about not yielding to presidents. He, he tried to keep the bureau independent. And I think that's good. And that's why a lot of people, a lot of presidents were upset with him. He wouldn't do what they told him to do. He said, no, that's not the way I'm going to do it. And so he's very proud of that. This other aspect about organized crime is something that would, um, to my mind, change my opinion about him if I really thought that was so. And, and I'm not, I'm always open to new evidence because these things by their very nature are not things that just come out in the light of day, you know? Sure. Well, Hoover had a dossier on practically everybody you could think of, uh, including presidents, including Martin Luther King, anyone who was, uh, who could cause him problems. And of course the Kennedys, uh, he had a dossier on everyone. So I don't think he had, um, the the backbone to stand up against a president, I think it was more that he had something on everybody. And in, of course, on the Kennedys, it was easy to get things on. But uh, he was uh, he was a, a, a confused man. And it was it would be the kiss of death for his career and maybe even for himself if he were ever found out. It were hard times. And uh, so I think that that's why he kept it under wraps, because the mob didn't care. They would go after him. They didn't care. Although uh, there is an instance where Murder Incorporated killed one of their own to stop him from killing um, Thomas Dewey. And that really? was Dutch Schultz, yeah. But that's a whole other story. Oh. I could go on and on and on. <laughs> yeah, I got some good stories. But anyway, what I would say is, I'm getting your book right away. I mean, this fills in a nice gap in, because um, I didn't know that story about, uh, you know, how Siegel and, and company got a hold of the Flamingo. That's an interesting thought, that it wasn't the California mob, and I, that just never dawned on me. No, it wasn't. It was the East Coast mob. Yeah, so... And Sedway was the one who sold it to the mob. When he found out that uh, Wilkerson was in financial trouble and he was building this big hotel, not hotel, it was gonna be a hotel, but primarily a casino, the Flamingo Club, he went to uh, New York, talked to Meyer Lansky and to the commission, the five families of New York, saying it's gonna take $1.2 million to, to complete this hotel, to actually do it in with the vision that Wilkerson had. And of course, uh, when Siegel found out, he wasn't going to LA at the time. He was actually socially booted out of Los Angeles after he was acquitted for the Greeny Greenberg killing. There was a lot to that. But so he was hanging around Vegas and he generally didn't hang around Vegas. But he was hanging around there and he gets wind of this hotel 
and he wants to be part of it. And you just can't say no to him. He's so persuasive and they were so close. He said, okay, but you've got to listen to what this man says because neither one of us have built a hotel from scratch, said way to Siegel. And he said, okay, okay. And, but he can't stand to be in the sideline. And uh, as it turns out, he can't be, he can't stand to be told what to do, even if it's for his own good. He can't be, he can't stand that. So he just boots out uh, Billy Wilkerson and proceeds to build it himself with Virginia Hill. And Bugsy is fictionalized to a certain point. But B. Sedway was hired as technical advisor on the film. And there's so many subtle scenes in this film that tell the true Siegel that unless you know what you're looking for, you'd miss it altogether. For example, and I'll give you one example. Yes. In the very beginning, at the first um, uh, the first scene with uh, Warren Beatty, he's in the car alone, and he's okay. giving himself elocution lessons. By himself, he's giving himself elocution lessons. Well, he had the same Brooklyn accent that everyone else did. They all sounded like Damon Runyon characters. B said we included. She, she would always say to us, Hey, what are you guys up to? Or what are you mugs doing? She And I thought it was hilarious. And she didn't get that from her hometown of Elmira, New York. But she came to, uh, to be a member of the mob at age 17. And she picked it up from there. That was her dialect till the day she died. Absolutely so, amazing. <clears throat> well, yeah. well, Stuart, uh, but before we let you go, my friend, because I know your time is limited here, uh, how do we get in touch with you and and everything? Because because this is an amazing story here. It is absolutely incredible, and I'll tell you if you want to find out more, go to queenbeeandbugsy.com. Okay, the book is not out yet, John. I'm sorry. I wish I had one for you. The book's <laughs> not out yet. I like I like I told Jiggy the other day. I said I said. Uh, I don't have a publisher. I don't even have an agent. I have a great. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. In the You're... middle of the table and calling because I've spent a long time on this book. Everything is solid. I like to say it's bulletproof. It's uh, it's a wonderful story in a well, story of America. It, it is. It is amazing. Stuart, thanks for doing this, my friend. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure, Jiggy. Anytime. And John, a pleasure meeting you. Definitely. Thank you, Stuart. Now, Thank uh, you. now John, Thank you. before we let you go, how do we get your book and get involved with everything you're doing there, John? Well, one of the things I tell your, your uh, viewers is um, I've got a podcast out, uh, Price is Right. Uh, you know, you just click on to it. It's called The Mysteries of Watergate. And it sort of ties into my book, Postgate, how the Washington Post betrayed Deep Throat, covered up Watergate, and began today's partisan advocacy journalism. The podcast is very user-friendly, intriguing, talks about the intriguing details of Watergate. And I think people just enjoy it. It's just juicy. It's got juicy stuff in it. And you understand Watergate. And once you understand Watergate, then you understand how it was reported and the way you look in a textbook and the textbook and the real story aren't the same thing at all. And so I think it's a real case in point of how 
the media can try to distort things and sometimes distorts it so much that our history is false. Um, so, you know, there's a really big battle for the truth. I mean, like they say, uh, a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth puts its pants on. In this case, case, the truth is just putting its pants on about 50 years after the fact. So (laughs) it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to do it. We're having the 50th anniversary of Watergate coming up in 2022. I think it'll be a big deal. And I hope by this point we can have a discussion about all the things that are hidden by the press and the press really got its cues from Watergate. That's how you get rich and famous by taking a a partisan attitude toward, uh, toward a story. And it's gotten out of control now. Now it's just a joke. Uh, but, uh, anyway, it's fun to talk to people about it. It's fun to talk to you, Jiggy. You and I've had some good conversations about it. So hope the viewers, uh, viewers can go to postgatebook.com, postgatebook.com and get my podcast and the book. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Well, Stuart, I will be in touch, my friend. And, John, I will talk to you next week. And uh, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Jiggy. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. A lot of fun. See you, Stuart. Take care. Okay. There goes Stuart. There goes John O'Connor. IQ Al-Rizzoli, while we get our next guest in here what 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 did you think of that conversation and everything that that was amazing. pretty interesting Absolutely to listen amazing. to do me a favor could you send me links to both of them oh yes yes i will make sure you are connected no, no, to really, everybody that is fascinating by the way what is most fascinating is the fact that all these people are from different races different cultures different religions and only in america and that now the idiots in America are saying America is racist. Are you with me? <laughs> yes. I mean, this is yes. history of America, which involves every color, every religion, every political point of view. And yet those idiots now are talking about America being racist. It, it is. It Tell is me who's amazing. the intelligent one. It is amazing. <laughs> Just amazing. We are going to try to get our next guest in here. He has got a quite the uh, quite the Skype ID. I've never, I have never seen anything like that before. That is that is interesting. So we, we are going to go to our next guest. He is going to join us here on Skype here in just a few seconds. And uh, we have got IQL Rizzoli with us this week here on our big program. We love chatting with IQ and. Uh, I believe our next guest is with us. How are you, sir? I'm fine, thank you. Now, uh, give us a little bit on your background, my friend, to tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, then we're going to talk about your incredible book here. Okay, I will tell you. Um, I, uh, I used to be a historian of the United States, uh, mostly the 20th century. Yes. And... Uh, uh, Along the way, I decided I would like to start writing novels, and uh, this is the third novel I've written uh, and published, and it's uh, it's uh, uh, it's based on a, uh, an area of the country that I know really very well uh, because my parents both uh, came from there, and so uh, I decided I would write uh, a novel that. Uh, 
that talked about the people who lived in, in, such, a, in, in such an area. Fantastic. We have got James Gilbert with us today. He joins us live. He has a tremendous book. It's called Tales from Little Egypt, and he's with us today here on Skype. And um, you're a distinguished historian, my friend. Uh, tell me an IQL Rizzoli about some of the fascinating times. James, you're cutting out. You're cutting out. In and out. Be careful. Okay. Uh, James, t t t tell us a little yeah. bit. Tell us a little bit more about this incredible book, my friend. Okay, it's a, it's a, it, it's set in the in the period between the Civil War, and uh, and the Great Influenza Plague of 1918, and I will tell you that I finished the book before the United States uh, suffered the pandemic. So. I feel kind of bad about that, as if I had predicted it. Uh, but uh, in 1918, there was a terrible worldwide influenza plague. Uh, millions of people died, uh, far more than have died uh, currently. And I thought this was a great uh, time to, uh, to end, the, end the story. Uh, furthermore, I had a number of relatives who, uh, who died of the influenza plague plague in uh in 1918 so i thought that was a great place to end 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 the book it's it's about a really interesting period in american history when uh when you really begin to see what modern america is going to be like uh because uh for example the city of chicago uh doubles in population uh, every decade uh, during the late 19th century and early 20th centuries. It starts out as a little Indian village in the middle of the 19th century, and it's, uh, and it's got two million people uh, by 1910. So it's a, it's a period of, uh, in, in which all the great cities uh, of the United States, except maybe uh, Los Angeles and uh, Denver, uh, the, the western cities, it's, it's when the great industrial cities of the United States are founded and grew enormously. It's a period when the telephone, the automobile, the telegraph, electric light, uh, most of the modern uh, forms of communication are invented. And so it's really the foundation of a modern America. And, and the other thing that I, I was really fascinated by was the was the growing difference between small town America and the great cities uh, of the United States? Uh, this is a time when uh, I think we can look back and say, "Oh, small town America." This is when small town America really was founded, and uh, and I think also a, a lot of us, at least I do, uh, think of small town America as the as a real place, as the, as a kind of, uh, 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 as the, as the real America, the, the, the place that we always think about when we talk about the United States. Uh, so I thought I would write uh, a series of sketches about the people who made up a small town in, uh, in that really fascinating period. We have got a tremendous guest with us today. James Gilbert joins us here in our broadcast. Hails from Little Egypt. 
We've also got IQ Al Rizzoli with us today. He joins us live here on Skype. So, IQ, uh, do you have any questions here for, for James? Yes. Well, you said you, you're a historian. What subject? I mean, I, I know you said 20th century. What particular part of 20th century? Ah, well, uh, American. Actually, I, I, I specialized in two areas in American history, the 1890s and, uh, and then the 1950s. Uh, and in the 1890s, I've written a, a couple of books on the, the Chicago World's Fair of 1893 and the Great St. Louis Fair of 1904. So uh, it, it's a period that's very familiar to me. And Fantastic. what about what do you think of America today as we are speaking? <laughs> what do I think of America today? <laughs> well, I, I, I think... I think I think we're going through a period of of, of enormous change, and uh, and I th and I have no idea where it's going. Uh, it seems to me that that uh, uh, that the economy is changing rapidly. The way we talk to each other, uh, the way we communicate, the way we think about each other uh, is changing. I think where we live is changing rapidly. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm the outsider looking in. And what I'm seeing... Sorry, am I... You're still with us. You're still with us, IQ. We can hear you loud and clear, yeah. my friend. No, no, because the way I see it now, it's America is disintegrating. You are, to you are talking... You were talking about America in 19... 18, 1920, 1950. That was the building up of America. But today, America is disintegrating internally, by the way. Literally, your own people, black, white, polka dot, you're disintegrating, you're tearing each other apart. And there's absolutely no reason for it, none. What do well, you think? It, it certainly looks that way. I'm not sure that that's that's permanent. Uh, I think we're, I think we're sort of at, at loggerheads with each other right now. Uh, we don't quite know what to make of each other, uh, but uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that it won't uh, end up in a better place. I, I, I at least have hopes. Okay, you're optimistic, as, which is good. I'm not as optimistic <laughs> as you are. <laughs> well. I, I guess I am an optimist. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's good to no, have somebody who's an optimist. That's good. Otherwise we have everybody negative. <laughs> <laughs> we have got a great guest with us today. James Gilbert is with us. Tales of Little Egypt. It is an incredible book. He joins us today here on our big program here on iHeartRadio and 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. So... Talk to us about some of the lessons that we can learn today by examining the history from just over a century ago. It, there was a lot of great growth in the nation, the steam engines, railroads, coal, the telegraph, horses. What do you have for I, us, James? I, I, think what we, I think what I learned in imagining myself back into this world and thinking about it was that that people, their motivations, their loves, their hates, their 
tragedies, their, uh, their problems, their triumphs uh, are pretty much the same as they are today. And I think, uh, and I think that, uh, that by projecting myself backward, I could examine them with a kind of objectivity that I think I'd have trouble uh, doing if I were writing about people in the contemporary world. So, so one of the things that I think we, we learn is that human nature is, <clears throat> is pretty much the same uh, uh, during uh, all of history, and that, and that people's lives are mostly spent uh, trying to make the best of things in circumstances that are not always the, uh, the best. Uh, I think a, a, a number of the characters that I uh, invented uh, have serious problems. Uh, uh, some of them are, uh, are greedy, some of them are tricksters, some of them are tragic, uh, some of them are really joyous and happy people. Uh, uh, so uh, I think one learns uh, about uh, the whole um, uh, range of human nature uh, in, in, a, in a book like this. Uh, at least I thought I was presenting that. Question. Why did you use the title Little Egypt? It's very fascinating. Uh, Why Egypt? That's a great question. Little Egypt is a real place in the United States. <laughs> okay, uh, where is this place? <laughs> well, if, if you go to the tip of Illinois, the bottom tip of Illinois, uh, sandwich- <laughs> It's all this Illinois today. River. Yes. It's, it's between the Mississippi River and the Ohio River, and the, the main town in that area, at least in the 1890s, was a city called Cairo. Uh, and, That's amazing. Uh, of this area as being similar to the Egypt in Africa, just because it was a river delta and it had some of the same kind of topography. So it's wow. called, uh, if, if, you, if, you, uh, if you go down in that area and, and you ask anybody, where's Little Egypt? They'll say, oh, you're, you're standing in it. This is, this is Little Egypt. That is, is tremendous. Why would anybody in America call it Cairo? <laughs> well, <laughs> they actually called it Cairo, but but I have to say they don't they don't pronounce it that way. They call it Cairo. Of course they do. <laughs> Maybe it was supposed to be Cairo, not Cairo. <laughs> oh, it's spelled C A. Of course they call it. It's pronounced K A R O. <laughs> you know, I always I always joke on this program when whenever I screw up somebody's name, I always. That that that's that's someone from overseas. I always go. You'll ha I have to apologize. I'm Jiggy Jag, the ugly American. But uh, you 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 are completely correct. Apparently, everybody in America doesn't know what the hell they're doing because they're calling it Cairo. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a it it's a strange place. There's there's a uh, there's a town near there. That is uh, French is named after a, a, a French word B E A U C O U P, Boku. It's it's Boku. pronounced buck up. Of so. course, that friggin' is. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Boku means a lot. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> it does mean a lot, but a buck up doesn't mean much. Buck no, up. That's, that's right. <laughs> 
But buck buck up is 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 what more Americans should 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 be doing these days. Bucking up. Uh, <laughs> so um, one of the things that me and me and uh, IQ was discussing, and you being a historian, uh, you might be able to clear this up for us. Before, but while I was trying to get you on on uh, on Skype here, between our guests, IQ was talking about the fact that. Our previous guest, we, we were talking about all sorts of different things, and we he was bringing up the race, the fact that America is constantly referred to as a racist country, whereas we've had all sorts of different people in various political groups, things like this. You being a historian, uh, you know, I, IQ, uh, j- jump in there and, and, and kind of... Uh, Yes, it's simple. Uh, we were discussing Bugsy Siegel and the mafia. Yes. They were mafia Jewish. They were mafia Irish, Catholic. They were mafia Hispanic. They were mafia Protestant. So America is an amalgam of every nationality, every religion, every culture, every belief system you can imagine, and every political system. And yet now we are, they are called racist. By whom? by people who have no two brain cells of logic. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you something really interesting about, uh, about immigration, um, and that is that, that um, uh, we're, 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 a, we're a society that, that is nothing but immigrants. We're all immigrants uh, uh, in, in one way or another. And yet, uh, there's always been a kind of a hostility to the newest group, uh, in the middle of the 19th century, uh, if you were Irish, uh, you, uh, you couldn't get a good job, uh, and people, uh, people looked down on you and, and uh, discriminated against you uh, until the Irish uh, integrated themselves. And then, it, and then there were Germans, and people hated the Germans, and then there were the Italians, and then there were uh, people from Eastern Europe. So I think... I think it's a process of, uh, of of learning to get along with each other uh, in a in a world that where everybody is very different, and uh, it, it's not always easy. But I think uh, I I think that I think that uh, I'm optimistic about that, and I think that uh, that we will eventually uh, 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 welcome uh, everybody. Uh, uh, Who's here, and uh, integrate them all. Uh, it's 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 kind of a rough history, but you know if you look at European countries, uh, France or England, uh, uh, they have they have uh, immense problems with uh, new immigrants. They have uh, ages old cultures, and they are worried that these new immigrants will change those cultures. So they have a lot of problems. But this is a human. This is this is just what humans do. We are suspicious of people who are different from us, but then we learn to get along, and we make a, a much better world out of it. So I I I think I think that's my answer to that. That yeah, fair answer. I accept. Yes. It. Thank you very much. That is fantastic. So uh, so James, uh, this this is a great book. You've put a lot of time and effort into this book. Thank you for. Uh, putting it together uh as we wrap up here let's start with iq our rizzoli iq how do we get your books and get involved with everything you're doing online 
Okay. Uh, I... My book. My <laughs> book is a trilogy, lifting the veil, the true faces of Muhammad and Islam. That, oh. by the way, this is also history, but history of religion, and. Very simple. Google my name, Al Rasuli, A L R A double S double O L I. It was a pleasure talking to you, and I wish you the best. Thank you so much. So, James, before we let you go, how do we get in touch with you online and your books and everything? Uh-oh. Okay, well, I have a website. Yes. Uh, go. It, it, it's one word, jamesgilbertauthor.com. And uh, and you can you can find my book uh, on any of the online uh, platforms, uh, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, whatever you uh, whatever you might want to order a book from, or you could go to a local bookstore and they will order it for you uh, if you just give them the title. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, uh, well, James, it's been an honor and a privilege. Thanks for doing this, my friend. And uh, thank you to IQ of Rizzoli as well for uh, riding shotgun with us as always. And uh, <laughs> I, I, you. IQ, I will see you next week. And James, I will be in touch, my friend. Thank you. Okay. Delightful to talk to both of you. Thank you, gentlemen. There they go. It is James Gilbert and IQ Al Rizzoli. And that wraps it up here from our big broadcast. We will see you next time here on our world-famous Jiggy Jaguar Radio Broadcast. Stupendous new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. Absolutely amazing new marketing campaign. We're raising money through a GoFundMe campaign to train law enforcement in unarmed, non-lethal techniques. So there will be less of change of excess force used when detaining and or arresting the individual. The reason why this money is needed is that many police departments have either been defunded or have had their budgets cut. When that happens, the first thing to go is training. An amazing, amazing new place to go. Check out the website, nonlethalforcetraining.com. The mission is to help law enforcement and personnel dramatically reduce or eliminate the use of excessive lethal force by providing them with the necessary skills, knowledge, and confidence to effectively use unarmed, non-lethal force when possible. While detaining and making arrests, we are more than happy to travel to your location for training. Check them out on LinkedIn. Search N-C-A-T-U-N-A-R Med Online Lethal Force Training. We instruct law enforcement in unarmed, non-lethal force methods to subdue, detain, and arrest subjects with minimal risk of injury to both law enforcement and detainee, thereby decreasing the chances of excessive force, allegations, and lawsuits. Let's help them fund this project today at G-O-F-U-N-D-M-E dot C-O-M. Search police training, unarmed, non-lethal force training, and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. Let's give some of your hard-earned money today. Do it right now. Help them out on GoFundMe.
A bare wall doesn't qualify as art, but a movie poster does. The place to get a movie poster to decorate your wall is JustMoviePosters.com. JustMoviePosters.com have posters for dramas, romantic comedies, blockbusters, and more. Most items at JustMoviePosters.com are priced between $7 to $15 plus shipping. Go to www.JustMoviePosters.com to find the movie poster of your dreams today. That's www www.justmovieposters.com Incredible new marketing partner today at Transmedia Worldwide. Check out crowdfunder.co.uk Search cybersecurity help support for home and small business. It's an incredible campaign. It's a cybersecurity membership website slash business. The site will contain tons of content of teaching people how to secure themselves online and how the various threats work, all aimed at the home and small business user. You can get more information online at C-R-O-W-D-F-U-N-D-E-R.C-O. Dot UK. Search cybersecurity help support for home small biz and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia worldwide. Give some of your harder money today. An incredible new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. The future of work has changed. Entrepreneurs need tools that allow them to communicate from anywhere. That's why Virtual BPX Flex Plans are essential for every business. Virtual PBX, they transform your smartphone and your computer into a full-featured virtual phone system. Flex Plans include the features like virtual receptionist, telephone numbers, text messaging, custom greetings, and so much more. The best part is right now you can get a professional phone system for as low as $13 a user. Visit virtualpbx.com slash podcast to complain your discount. Visit virtualpbx.com slash podcast to get started for less than $13 a user. Do it right now and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. That's virtualpbx.com slash podcast. Have you lost your job? Have you lost a loved one? Are you exhausted caring for your parents, for your kids? Well, you can find immediate relief when you read Sheila Mack's new number one bestseller, Bootstraps and Bra Straps. It contains the boots formula to move from rock bottom back into action in any situation, especially right now. If life has knocked you down, pick yourself up with bootstraps and bra straps. Get your copy at www.SheilaMack.com today. Is not one size fits all, just like a pair of boots or a bra. So the formula is designed to help you through any situation. Grab a copy of my new best-selling book, Bootstraps and Bra Straps, the formula to go from rock bottom back into action in any situation. It is now available on Audible 
as well as on Amazon and Kindle and at www.sheilamack.com.